Inside Westminster, Chapter 206, Holy Grail. Another Covid briefing, chaired by the Prime Minister, the Deputy Chief Medical Officer and some random military brigadier took place, on time for once. And for once there was something to be pleased about, a vaccine. The long-awaited Holy Grail had come about at last. Shame it was the US who looked set to beat the other 46 contenders, trouncing the Oxford imperial hopes of being the first one by miles. The toot of the bugler's horn is getting louder, chimed Potty, who had to steady himself by gripping his lectern tighter as he was feeling overcome with emotion at the sheer relief of those words. The cavalry is coming, he sang, carrying on the military analogy. The Deputy Chief Medical Officer vaunted trains and whistles and glinting lights of relief on distant horizons and successful penalty shootouts as his comparisons to the relief of ineffective treatment to stem the misery of the Covid nightmare. What's got into them? sneered Benedict as he watched on a TV screen in his new state-of-the-art setup, which was abuzz with activity, all of which he could be controlled by him from his vantage point on a raised dais at the front of the enormous open-plan room. Many veils had been lifted and myths busted thanks to Covid. Amongst them, the Hooger myth of the Danish way of living, where everyone apparently and instinctively has work and life in perfect balance, where the nation is swaddled in sheepskins, eating cake by open fires. Oh, that nation, where sows are genetically modified to bear 33 piglets, where there is a virus in those piggies that they can't get rid of, and where 17 million mink are to be exterminated exterminated because they're, they've become part of the COVID mutation chain due to the inhumane way they are stuffed into tiny cages, one on top of the other, questioned Ben, sceptical as ever of anything and anyone. Sounds a bit like those Chinese wet markets that everyone's up in arms about, except these ones are on our doorstep, responded Matthew Shrove, who had ordered the transport sec to arrange the banning of any goods from that sweet porky place. Don't they eat their pork pink too, added Ben, continuing. It's surprising the nation's not riddled with CJD, if that's the case. Oh, well, each to their own, said Shrove. By the way, has the PM sent his congratulations to present... President-elect Biden. Duh, growled Ben, continuing, we're not complete cretins. Which didn't exactly answer Shrove's question, but Shrove felt Ben's short fuse igniting and decided to change the subject to something more neutral. How did Peregrine's uni application go? Okay, I hope. But Shrove's question was left dangling in the air as Ben had stalked off, seeing some minion wasting time at the coffee machine. Oi, you, Ben shouted. Yes, you with the ginger hair, said fellow, turned and pointed to his own chest. Me, he quizzed. Yes, you, bellowed Ben. Bring me a black coffee now. And with that, the ginger-haired intern fed money, his own, which took him down to having precisely £5 to buy lunches for himself till the end of the month, into the machine till it registered press. He selected black coffee, waited for the plastic cup to fill, then trotted over to Ben, who took it without offering any reimbursement, let alone thanks. Ben was indeed in a foul mood, not because of his son's university application, which had been successful, but due to the headlines in all newspapers, headlines involving his father-in-law, Baron Ruddick of Northumberland.
Why can't your dear father keep his trap shut? Ben asked Gwendolyn as soon as he'd caught wind of yet another batch of unflattering headlines about his wife's family, which were about to be feasted upon by the gullible great nation. And why can't people just mind their own business, he added. Well, I suppose it's because it's £670,000 worth of taxpayers' money that's involved, responded the ever-fair-minded Gwendolyn, conscious that her father wasn't averse to bending the rules, asking favours of friends, and, indeed, applying for grants, the use of which was questionable. But he was her father, and she loved him, dearly, in fact, as he'd been nothing but the best daddy in the world. Another political figure in the mire in Westminster was baby-faced Rob Gooden, the Secretary of State for Housing, who had devised a plan to award grants to 20 deserving authorities who'd fulfilled certain criteria, then proceeded to grant to award said grants to his own constituency and several others run by close friends, all with traceable links to his own personal and nefarious business setups. Ben, needless to say, was furious. Not that lines had been crossed, but that the idiot babyface couldn't be bothered to even try to cover his tracks. Is he really that thick? Ben shouted at Potty later that day. Well, quite clearly, was Potty's simple observation. Ben knew that malleable cabinet ministers who carried baggage and had stuff to hide were quite useful as they'd do anything, literally anything, to placate and stay in their rather overblown positions. Good to have a few stooges, was Ben's unkind conclusion. There's bound to be a shed load of shit coming our way about the rollout of the vaccine, not to say what's going to surface when the public inquiry into COVID gets underway. So let's keep him on board, just in case. Having a fool guy is always useful, was his conclusion. Cynical or what? What?